Well, I am Pastor Adam Lee, I'm obviously preaching again today. Um, I was actually scheduled to preach today. Pastor Chris is with the Berkeley Springs campus, preaching live there in Berkeley Springs. He says, thank you for all the prayers and support this past week. And um, I am finishing up the dream series, the last sermon in the dream series. Have you enjoyed the dream sermon series? Yeah. Amen. I pray God has given you some dreams this year and, and you, you feel a tingly in your tummy that he is, he is stirring something in your life, in your family. And um, I just pray that, that, that that's happening. Amen. Well, the very last message in the faithfulness series is, is, uh, is what, it, what it takes to see a dream fulfilled. We're going to be talking about the fulfillment and what it takes to get to fulfillment today. There is one word that I hope you take home with you today, and that's faithfulness. Nudge your neighbor, tell him, it's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Yeah. Faithfulness is the mode of transportation to the completion of the dream. Amen? Faithfulness is the train that takes you to the dream. All right, we can pray and go home. <laughs> That's really what we're talking about today, faithfulness. So let's stand. We do this to honor the reading of God's word. We really do believe here that God's word is powerful. That this is our spiritual weapon that we take into this world. It is the sword that we fight with. It is powerful. It is living, it is breathing. And I pray that it would have its way in here today. Amen. We're going to, we're going to Genesis 45, starting in verse 45. And we're going to start this series, we're going to end this series with how Pastor Chris started it, talking about Joseph, the dreamer. Joseph, the dreamer. If you're ready, say amen. Genesis 45, 45 starts like this. Then... Joseph could not control himself. Before all those who stood by him, he cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept out loud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. I pray that we can all get to the place at the end of our life where we're able to look back and contextualize everything that was intended for evil. God turned it for good. And that he truly did work out everything for my good. I pray that we could all contextualize our life. Don't be distressed or angry because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Verse 6. For the famine has been in the land these two years. And there are yet five years in which you will neither plow nor harvest. 
And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. It was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all the house and a ruler over the land of Egypt. Hurry up, go to my father and say, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me a lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me and your children and your children's children and your flocks, your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come, so you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. Now your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father all of all my honor in Egypt, of all that you have seen, hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. Benjamin wept upon his neck and he kissed all of his brothers, someone say family love. Why don't you give all of your brothers a kiss today? He kissed all of his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked to him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, that you don't only give us dreams, but you intend to fulfill them in our life. Not only did you send Jesus Lord, you, you completed the, the ministry of salvation through his life. He died for us. He resurrected for us. He forgave us. Lord, you're not in the business of just sending us dreams. You're in the business of fulfilling them. I thank you for it. I pray you empower us to be faithful in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. You may be seated. So every dream requires faith for it to come true. Amen? Every dream that you have requires faith for you to believe that it can come true. Let's take salvation for example. Salvation. Is anybody thankful for salvation? Salvation requires faith. Salvation requires that I have faith that something I believe comes true. We believe the belief that resurrection will happen one day. Resurrection requires faith. Healing requires faith. It takes faith to believe God for healing. Faith and dreams go hand in hand. You cannot have faith Without a dream, you cannot have dream without faith. It takes faith. In Hebrews 11.6, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. It takes faith to believe the dream. Amen? Now, like I said, it's my prayer that all of us have been dreaming recently. And that, that God did give us dreams Dreams for our life, dreams for our families, dreams for our marriages and our kids. And, and I want to I establish today by saying that it's going to take faith to see those dreams come to pass. And, 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 and I want us to have the confidence this morning that if we all aboard the faithfulness train, 
Remember what I said? Faithfulness is the mode of transportation to the completion. of. If we're all willing to board the faithfulness train, we can see God-sized dreams accomplished in our life. Amen? Amen. Faithfulness. There is a concept in Christianity. But before I get into that, I realize I have to do something. Um, I have to tell you a little bit, a reminder about Joseph. If you remember, Pastor Chris launched into this series using Joseph's life, the young dreamer. Here's a teenager. God gives him a dream. And he said, you remember what the dream is? It actually came in in a couple different versions of the same dream. And And it was to the young man, Joseph, that one day, all the people around you, your family, will be bowing down to you. And you will be the salvation for them. And he told him that dream. And, and he, he states his dream as a young kid. And you know the story that, that, that his brothers rejected him. And that his family rejected that dream. And they sold him into slavery. And then Joseph's life just was completely different than the dream that he had originally got. And Pastor Chris made a comment in the very first week. I encourage you to go back and watch it because I, do- I was watching that this week, and he said that God creates us with the capacity to dream, but it's the Holy Spirit that puts the dream in us. And just like, just like a muscle car is created with the capacity for horsepower, it's not until it gets filled with gasoline that it's capable of anything. So the Holy Spirit is the one that comes along and gives us dreams. And I want to make, make a point this morning that... If you've gotten a dream for your life, let's just say you've been, you've been listening these past couple weeks and you know that God gave you a dream. I just want to make a point that, yes, you did, that the Holy Spirit has deposited something in your life, something God-sized, something, something uh, kingdom-minded. And I just want to encourage you in that, that that was something the Holy Spirit put inside of you. I want to talk about a concept this morning in Christianity that is something called uh, already but not yet. And before we, before we get into what faithfulness is, we got to understand that there's something in Christianity and in life, really, a, a concept called already but not yet. Uh, for example, we, those of us who are born again, believers in Christ, we already have salvation. But how many know we have yet to experience resurrection? It is already yes and amen, and it is also not yet. We still have to go through the in-between, the life, from here to, from here to there. Let me say it a different way. For all my married people in the house... It is the portion of time. It's already, yes, and it's not there. It's all, not, not my married people, all my people uh, who are engaged. It's she said yes, <laughs> but we're not married yet. Come on, somebody. That's a tension right there. That's a tension right there. She said yes, but we got to wait a year and a half to, in this engagement. And uh, I know that's not popular, but... Uh, it's, oh, how about this? For all my married people, let's, let's talk about it like this. It's, yes, I do, and then, until death do us part. <laughs> it, 
It's everything in between that is the most important. It's really exciting when God initiates a dream and you're, you're standing before the, wet, the preacher and all of your friends and family and it's yes and amen and we do and I do and in sickness and in health. It's really exciting at the beginning of the dream and it's really exciting at the end of the dream where it's to death do us part and we made it and we're yeah, but it's everything in between. I do and from death do us part. That matters. And it's in, the, it's in the in-between that this concept I'm talking about exists. It's called faithfulness. Amen? It's called faithfulness. And what happens in between could possibly be more important than what happens at the beginning and what happens at the end. And I want to convince you today before you leave that if you're willing in the in-between to be faithful, then you can see the fulfillment of a God dream in your life. You can be like Joseph. Amen? It's the period in between. Okay, if you're going to survive the in-between, you have to know a couple things about faithfulness. And I want to start off by making this point. Faithfulness does not require details. How many just had a mini heart attack? See, we don't get the details about the dream up front. Now, I'm a little bit more of a detail person than my wife. Actually, it gets me into trouble sometimes because we can, e- we can even be on vacation. You know, where you don't have to think about details and you're supposed to have fun. And I can be kind of like the person who's like, well, what are we doing after that? Even on vacation. Come on, all you having fun people, just, just say, stop it. Stop. And I can be like, well, you said you wanted to do the aquarium after that. So if we go to this, and then we, you said you wanted to have lunch too. And if we have lunch, we're going to miss the 2 o'clock thing. At the, and it's like, what do we learn? And sometimes I'm like, if I don't have all the details, I get stuck. And um, I'm not, it's kind of a dichotomy with me too because I'm not very good with details. So I'm stuck a lot. <laughs> I'm just stuck a lot. Faithfulness does not require details up front. If you're, if you're here this morning and you're like, I just need to know a couple of details before I can be faithful, you're going to stay stuck. Faithfulness does not require details. We don't, get the, we don't get the details about the marriage before the marriage. We don't. We don't, we don't get year three of the marriage in a nice little pamphlet that says, hey, here's what's going to happen in year three. <laughs> we don't get year six. You know, you know what I'm saying. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Year six. We don't get year 15. It, you know, it's not emailed to us. We don't get the details. We don't get the details about how the kids are going to turn out. Actually, we don't even know the sex. We can't, we, we can't even, like... There's no details up front about kids, how they're going to be, what it's going to be like. There's no details oftentimes up front, despite your employer's best efforts. There's oftentimes not all the details about your job and what you're getting yourself into. And so if you're a detail junkie, you might have difficulty with the God dream in your life because Joseph didn't get any details. It's the first thing that we have to come to grips with today. 
that Joseph didn't get the details. Joseph had no idea where his dreams would take him or what they would subject him to. Demanding details can be a way to stay in control. And God wants to, do a, a, God wants to accomplish a dream through you, not for you to be in control. It's actually at the relinquishment of control that he's able to do more <laughs> than you could do with control. Doesn't that just fit? Yeah. Joseph was faithful with no details. He was not given the benefit of strategic planning for his dream. He found himself reacting to his circumstances just like all of us do. Faithfulness in the in-between shows up as a response to what's happening right now. He didn't see a couple things, amen? Let's go to Genesis 37, 18. It says this. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Someone say, that would have been helpful up front, God. That one would have been helpful to know. Here comes this dreamer, they said to one another. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. So Joseph didn't get these details up front. God gave him the dream, and some of you in here now, God gave you the dream. Like you can feel it in your guts. Oh, if you're anything like me, it's brewing. It's in there. You can feel it. He gave you the dream. The Holy Spirit confirmed it in your life. It is unmistakable that time that you were with the Lord and he put that dream in you and he, he gave that dream to you and you have it. It's unmistakable. And now you don't have any details about the dream. So you're wondering, am I stuck now? What does this look like? I don't have the details. I need the details. How many know that faithfulness looks like moving forward even when there's no details? Faithfulness looks like reacting to your circumstances like Joseph did with faithfulness to God. As a matter of fact, Joseph, Joseph would do a couple of things. When details are scarce in your life, Here's some questions to ask yourself. These are good. Do I still believe that this dream was from God? See, Joseph in the Bible is like a Christ figure in, our, in, the, in the word. When I say that, there are a couple of people throughout the word of God who represent Christ, the example of a perfect God. Joseph is one of these examples that represents Christ in the Old Testament. So when we, when we observe the life of Joseph, we're not, we're not looking at a perfect Savior, but we are looking at somebody who responded the way Christ would have responded at almost every turn. And, and so I want to make that clear, that this is a Christ figure, and, and this is an example for us of how to respond to the God dreams in our lives, how to have faithfulness. Do you know what Joseph does when he's thrown into prison? I'm sorry, when he's th sold into slavery by his brothers. He just becomes a slave. And he just becomes a really good one. 
And he just works with all of his heart as if unto the Lord. And, and he just, he's saying, he's not forsaking. You don't ever hear recorded that, that, that Joseph is, is having the thoughts of, well, maybe this, if my brothers rejected me and they threw me into this pit, sold me to slavery, maybe this thing really isn't from God. We don't, we don't have those conversations recorded. We don't, we don't get the sense that he's questioning, well, maybe this isn't from him. So are you able to do that in your life? Can you still believe that this thing is from God even when there's no details? How about this question? Is God still directing my steps? Come on, you're in the in-between. You've gotten the dream. It hasn't come true yet. You're in the middle of it. Is he, when there's no details at all, is he still directing your steps? Joseph was able to, to believe that his steps were still being directed, even in slavery, even in betrayal, even, even in others causing him harm and wrong. He was able to believe that this thing was still from God, that he is still directing my steps. And then is there an opportunity to be faithful? Those are good questions to ask yourself when details are scarce. Well, I don't know if I can move forward because I don't know. I don't know if they think that way, or I don't. I don't know if if that's true, or I don't. I don't have the the answer to that, so I don't think I can move forward. Well, faithfulness says you can. Faithfulness says you can. So, the second thing about faithfulness is that it does not require. Fairness. Someone say, ouch. Ouch. So, how many can say amen to this right here? That there's the dream, and then there's the completion of the dream, and then there's this middle part. How many can say amen that if you are going to do well in the middle you're going to have to learn how to let go. I mean, how, how many is that, does that just hit home for? You, that completing dreams in our life, faithfulness looks like letting go. And letting go is actually a skill. Uh, I think it's something that we all learn actually from a young age. If we're in an environment where we're taught it, but my kids have to let go all the time. <laughs> hey, let go of your sister. <laughs> let go of that toy. Let go of that thing you want. Let go. Let it go. And we're taught, hopefully, young, how to let go a little bit to the things that we think are important in the moment. But how many know that, 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 that the in-between, the, the already-but-not-there-yet portion of life, which is pretty much all of life... <laughs> Is, is developing the skill set of letting go. All the details aren't present. You know what? I'm going to let that one go. It's okay. We can go to lunch after the aquarium. I don't care. I'm going to let go of the details. I'm going to let go of needing. It's letting go of the need for things. So we have details, but then we have fairness. And, and how many know 
that Joseph would have never gotten to where he got if he held on to fairness about what was fair. Actually, I don't even think that we would have salvation today if Jesus hung on to fairness. We see Joseph as a Christ-like figure and Jesus himself being able to let go of the details. Now, he's a little different because he knows it all. But to let go of being treated fairly, the need to be treated fairly. Like, we see Jesus being betrayed by a kiss. And we see him being falsely accused. And we see him being arrested. And we see him being crucified. And, and how many know at any time along that, you know, the dream and the fulfillment, at any time in that middle, Jesus could have been like, it, this ain't fair. This ain't fair. I am not doing this anymore. He could have, if anybody could have done that, it would have been him. We don't see him doing that and we don't see Joseph doing that either. We don't see Joseph getting into, the, into Potiphar's house, if you guys know the story, in slavery. We don't see him going, this ain't fair. I ain't serving. And then when he's falsely accused, we don't hear, we don't hear him telling, telling people in prison, this ain't fair. I'm not doing anything in this prison. We see him doing the opposite. So faithfulness does not require fairness. Dreaming requires the skills of letting go to the need for details and the need for fairness. I'm going to remind everybody today what happened in Joseph's life. The fulfillment of Joseph's dream was full of unfairness. Check this out. Genesis 39:11. But one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were were in the house, she someone say the devil She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Christ-like. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and saying to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He has come to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. As soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me, fled, got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. She told him the same story. The Hebrew servant whom you brought among us came in to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. For those of you who are familiar with the story That was not true. Joseph was thrown into the pit by his brothers. He was sold into slavery and in Potiphar's house. He served and he excelled and he was faithful and he was faithful and he was faithful. And then God positioned him in Potiphar's house. The Bible says that anything he needed or wanted in Potiphar's house was him except Potiphar's wife. And so she sets him up. She falsely accuses him. And he gets thrown into prison. That's the story. Someone say, unfair. Unfair. Joseph was falsely accused. Now, sitting in prison, can you imagine wrestling with fairness? Can you imagine wrestling with fairness? You know, some of us, some of us have had to wrestle with fairness. And I think it's something that we all wrestle with. 
but others of us, some, sometimes we really, really, really wrestle with this because we're sitting in a position that we did not cause upon ourselves, and we're wrestling with this is not fair. This is not fair. Well, how many know that if you need for things to be fair, you won't get to the completion of the dream? If you need for things to be fair, you will not get to the end of the story. Or should I say the end of the story will look different? Being falsely accused. And then something, something else happens to Joseph that is not fair. If you remember from the story, Genesis 40, 20. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants, lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and then he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. And in verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but what? Forgot him. So you're, Joseph is betrayed by his family. He's falsely accused by the wife of Potiphar. And now he's forgotten about in prison. So what do you do in the middle when you're betrayed or you're falsely accused and offended? What do you do in the middle when you're forgotten about? You know what the problem is sometimes with the middle of the dream? It's really exciting at the front because you're talking about it and your friends are talking about it and you're excited about it and it's go, go, go. But in the middle, ain't nobody talking to you. You're by yourself. This is a dream everybody forgot about. Your dad forgot. Your brothers forgot. You're by your, you're in no man's land. And what do you do when, you, when, when you're forgotten about? My question is, is can you be faithful? Can you be faithful? I heard a guy say one time that one of the tragedies of life is that the older we get, the less people notice us. Now, I'm only 35, so I'm feeling pretty noticed. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's, it's true that the, the, the more we live our life, the less we're noticed. And, and Joseph must be feeling that because not only, he, he, it's, not like, it's not like we're reading these things and he's staying young. He is growing. He's aging. And he's, he's experiencing no details. He's experiencing unfairness. He's, he's growing in age. He's, he's being forgotten about. And, uh, and he's faithful. And he's faithful. Isn't that crazy? He's faithful. He ends up interpreting uh, the cupbearer and the other guy's dream in the prison. And he has this moment where even in, even in the middle, he's like, yeah, God, you gave me the ability to interpret dreams. And he has this spark right there in the middle. Uh, but then he's just as soon forgotten. Just as soon forgotten about. What do you do? In the middle. We live in a society that demands fairness. 
the fairness mentality will sidetrack God-given dreams in our life. Fairness will keep us from things that are truly important. The need for fairness will keep you from things that are truly important. For example, if you need fairness, you might not sacrifice. (laughs) If you need fairness, you might not be generous. If you need the details or fairness, it might keep you from being faithful. I put this in my notes. Clarity and fairness are really cool. Amen? Clarity and fairness are really cool. But they're not required. If we need them to proceed, we will stay stuck. I did not hear a lot of amens. I know online you're amening, but it's quiet in here. Joseph was not relying on fairness, but on God. Man, sometimes in the middle of the prison when you're forgotten about, betrayed, and and it's not fair, you just need to rely on him. I'm not giving up on the dream. I know that everybody else has. But here in this space, God, I am trusting in you, and I'm relying on you. I am going to stay faithful to you. Amen? When life is unfair, God is still faithful. Our response to God's faithfulness is our own faithfulness. So here's some questions to ask about faithfulness. Does life being unfair mean that God is unfaithful when you're in it? When it's not fair, does it mean that God is not faithful? It's a rhetorical question. Can I be faithful in the middle of unfairness? Can the dream continue to be true even if things are unfair? I think we find out in the life of Joseph that all of those things can be true. And yes, and God is still faithful. And even when it's not fair, it, I can still take steps forward in the right direction. Uh, I want to point out and, and acknowledge that maybe right now you're walking through a season where things are not fair. And there's not a lot of clarity, if you know what I mean. And the, the, the next step forward looks... You, it's undeterminable. You can't, you can't see it. But can I just throw out what the next step is? It's obeying God. He gave us the next step. The Bible says that, that his word is a lamp unto our feet and that he guides the steps of those who love him. Amen? God's word has already told you what to do next. If you find yourself in a position this morning where it's not fair or there's not a lot of details, his word has already told you what to do next. It is to love them. It is to forgive them. It is to bless them. It is to be obedient to how he's called us to treat each other. Amen? 
in the midst of it all. And what I want to point out today before I get into the last point is that if you choose the right response like Joseph did, betrayed, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to serve with all my might. Uh, falsely accused, but I'm not going to lie with Potiphar's wife. Uh, forgotten about in the prison, but I'm not going to stop interpreting dreams. I'm not going to stop believing that this is from God. If you're willing to do that, be faithful in the, in the absence of what you need, clarity, fairness. If you, if, if, if you do that, if you're faithful in the middle, you know, after you said I do, but before death is do us part. If you're faithful in the middle, I want to tell you something. You are, you are unlocking doors in your life. For every single time that something was unfair and you chose to love them anyway, you didn't just make the right decision. You didn't just get a sticker and a pat on the back. You unlocked a door that opened up to another realm of possibility for your dream. For every single time that you, didn't, you weren't clear on something and that you took another step forward anyway and you just chose to do the right thing even when things were not clear, you're opening a door. You're unlocking things in your life. You're going down through, I'm unlocking this door for faithfulness. I'm unlocking this door for faithfulness. Some of us stay stuck in our dream and we never go through the doors to the, to the fulfillment of the dream because we're stuck in needing to be treated fairly, needing to have all the details. But if you make the right decision, you're opening doors that lead to your dream. Amen? Lead to your dream. So the band's going to come up. We're going to talk about one more thing. Faithfulness does not require details. Faithfulness does not require fairness. And faithfulness is how we see the dream fulfilled. Amen? Faithfulness is the mode of transportation to the dream. I said that at the beginning. Let's read this verse together. I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there are yet five years in which there will neither be plowing nor harvest. Verse 7. Get this part. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. Man, that's powerful. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of all his house, and ruler of the land of Egypt. Make this point, Joseph's faithfulness allowed him to see the fulfillment of the dream. Amen? But it allowed him to do something else. It allowed him to contextualize all that had happened to him before the dream. This part's important. Faithfulness allows you to contextualize everything that happens in the middle. When it's unfair, when it's unclear, when, it, when you're alone, faithfulness and faithfulness. And, and you unlock a door and you walk through it because you were faithful. And you unlock a door and you walk through it because you chose to love anyway. You chose to forgive them anyway. You chose that, that, that no matter 
what it looks like. He who began a good work in me is faithful. And you walk through the door because you were faithful. When you walk through and you get to the other side, faithfulness, what it allows you to do is look back and say, oh, you don't have to be mad at me. I don't have to be mad at you. You put me here and intended it for harm, but the Lord intended it for the salvation of many lives. I'm able to contextualize this now, what, what, what's been happening to me in my life. I'm able to look back and, and, and see this faithfulness journey has given me perspective and I can contextualize that, that you meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good. And that, and that truly he has worked everything out for my good in my life. Amen? All the good, all the bad, all the ugly. I'm able to look back and contextualize, God, you did this so that there might be salvation around me. You did it for you. You did it for your glory. You did it for salvation. So all those times that it was unfair or unclear, you're able to contextualize looking back at it. Some of you know this to be true with your life right now. You can surely look back and say, he has been so good. What should have derailed me? It didn't. What should have, what should have separated us? It didn't. What should have caused the dream to die? It didn't. As a matter of fact, it made it stronger. It allowed for God to save more. It, it, it caused my faith to increase all the more. And without faithfulness, none of that's possible. Amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet today. I got one more verse, guys. One more verse. Faithfulness is what is rewarded at the end of the day. Check this out. Matthew 25, 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and what? Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So I want to encourage you today, no matter what the dream looks like, you are in the middle. You are, you are yes and amen, and you are not there yet. We are all somewhere in the middle, and I just want to encourage you to leave today with faithfulness in your heart, with faithfulness, a determination. I will be faithful today. I will be faithful tomorrow. And when we get on that train, we ride it to the completion of the dream. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for being good to us. We're going to pray. Thank you, God, for, for being faithful in our lives. Thank you that you not only send us the dream, but you also complete the dreams in our life. I pray for every person in here today that you would give them the perseverance, the steadfastness, the faith to take one more step, make one more right decision, open up one more door that faithfulness leads them to the salvation of many lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you, guys. Have a good week.